Good morning, folks, and welcome to our final class, this final class for our Sunday morning class. This is the final IM that we're doing. Uh, if you haven't joined us before, uh, this is uh, Central Church of Christ Victoria. My name is Dan Spate. This is James Coburn. We're two elders here. Uh, we've been doing the I Am statements out of the book of John, and we're doing, in chapter 15, we're doing I Am the True Vine tonight. Uh, it'll be the last one we're going to do. Uh, we'll, uh, this, one, this one you'll see on the 18th of, November, of October, and then for a couple of weeks, you won't, we won't have a class. We're going to do it. We're going to... Uh, we're going to record my Sunday morning class when we go back to class. We're going to start going back to class on, on November 1st, and we're going to record my class in that room. So it'll be a one-week delay because we'll record it that week, and it'll come out the next week. So we'll be one week behind what we actually <coughs> do it. So uh, I'm kind of anxious to see how that's going to work. Uh, we've got something planned for down the road. We may have to we may put that in later on. We don't know what exactly. But for right now, we're going to, we're going to record my class that's in the annex on, on on Sunday morning and put it out the following week. I've been doing the book of Hebrews. I think we're still going to do that. I just don't know how the configuration of it's going to be, uh, but uh, I hope you'll you'll join us. I hope you'll uh, hope you enjoyed what we've been doing so far, and I hope you enjoy that class as well. But uh, that will come out November the eighth. Will be the will be the next class. This one will be on the eighteenth of October, and then we won't have another class till uh, till November the eighth is when we'll have the next class. So. Uh, we're going to get into this text. I'm going to pray, and we're going to get into this text. So let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you so much for the opportunity we have to uh, to study this morning. Uh, Father, it's a, it's a great way to start our worship day and, and uh, just to study out of your word and then to and then to gather together and worship. Uh, it truly is an awesome day, Father. I pray your blessings upon us this morning as we study this text. Help us, Father, to present the material in a way that, that, our, that our listeners can and our Folks that are watching us can understand it, and they can uh, and make a, a conscious effort to apply this, these principles to their lives. We thank you so much for the technology that we have here, that we can uh, that we can do this the way we're doing it, and uh, it truly is an amazing thing to have this kind of technology. Uh, we just pray your blessings upon us, and and we pray your blessing upon all that are watching, uh, all that are that are joining us this morning, and we pray that uh, that you bless this church. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, James, uh, yeah, I was told I need to put this over here, so I'll do that. Uh, uh, go ahead and, and you know, uh, we're, we're in chapter fifteen of John, John yeah. and uh, why don't you why don't you read a couple of verses and then let's just talk about it for a bit. All right. right? Uh, before I do, again, let me let me echo what what Dan had had said, but also again to reemphasize: if you have any questions, yeah, if you have any concerns, uh, you you think we've said something that that wasn't factual please call in let us know if you, uh, you'll see the number up there on the screen and uh, we would appreciate you contacting us and letting us know what you think or if you have any concerns absolutely <clears throat> and you can call and say man i think y'all doing a great job yeah you can yeah. do that too <laughs> yeah. you know we won't we won't have a problem if you call and do that too. <laughs> okay chapter 15 we're picking up in verse 1 this is Jesus. I am the vine, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. 
neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. That, that was the first four verses of chapter mm-hmm. 15. And, and, and when Jesus starts out, I think it, it's, it's very interesting when uh, one of the things I did as a very young man, 10 years old, I had the opportunity to spend the summer mainly picking up prunes. Mm-hmm. At the end of that summer, I started cutting grapes. Mm-hmm. And uh, we went into the vineyards, and it, and it was interesting to you see. You didn't do that in Texas. No, you I did didn't. that in California. I did that in California. <laughs> California, okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yes. Just to clarify. Yes, I, I was about 10 years old, and, and uh, the youngest one that they had ever let do anything like that because my dad also went when he had days off and, and helped chaperone, and my brother also went as, as well. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, it was interesting when we got to the grapes, you know, the prunes you, you just picked up off the ground because they, they shook them off the tree and you picked them up off the ground and put them in a pail and then dumped them in an apple cart. Well, well, the grapes, they were, they were stayed attached mm-hmm. to that vine and you had to literally go in there with a knife and cut the grapes off from that vine in order, in order to get the fruit. And, uh, of course, they always cautioned us, make sure that you get the ripe ones. You know, make, make sure that, that that's, you know, that you're not cutting grapes that, that aren't fully ripe. Mm-hmm. But here Jesus introduces this because back where Jesus was, uh, grapes were very, very common. Yep, they really were. And, and so for, for him to say, I'm the true vine, in other words, he doesn't just say, I'm the vine. I'm, I'm the true, I'm really it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm, I'm the, the, the person that, that, that's really important. Mm-hmm. And then he says, my father is a gardener. And, and when I looked up that term, it literally meant land actor. Mm-hmm. In other words, the person that was totally in control of that land. He's the one that, that took the responsibility for planting the vines to begin with. And then growing from that, uh, Jesus said, I'm plugged in to that main, I'm that main vine. And, and then he goes on and, and he talks about every vine that doesn't produce, God, you know, Well, stops I think, it I think there's something else interesting here too, mm-hmm. where it says prunes. That word, it, and, it, and it's kind of confusing because he says in, in here, he says in verse 2, he says, uh, the branch does not bear fruit, he prunes, <coughs> so it would be even more fruitful. You are already clean. And so instead of saying prune, he, he said, you, he doesn't say you're already pruned because that word literally means Mean, to clean. clean. Right. So he comes in and cleans the fruit, and he said, and he, verse 3 says, and you're clean by the word that I have spoken to you. Uh, you know, I think that, that uh, you know, I, I've, I've been around growing things and a lot of people that we have watching probably grow gardens and stuff. And, and so they understand uh, the concept of planting a seed in the ground and a, and a tomato bush comes up and, and how you can make it grow taller and, and cleaner and produce more fruit mm-hmm. by, by cutting the little suckers off by pruning and cleaning up the plant, by cleaning the plant up. You don't do anything to the main stalk. You no. just clean up everything that's coming off of it. And, and some of them will be this big, some will be this big, and they'll be like little suckers. And then the, the main branch that comes off is the one that actually puts tomatoes on. Those little suckers just take moisture and nutrients from that main branch. 
And uh, so I think that's a that's a good analogy of what he's talking about here. We are branches that come off this main vine, and our job is to produce fruit. Yes, and and what he does is like he says he he any branch that's not bearing fruit, you know, he's gonna cut it, it off. He's gonna cut it off. Mm-hmm. It, it, he's gonna prune it because. Because, like you said, those branches are just sucking moisture away mm-hmm. from the branches that that are doing very well, and and so as a result, uh, most of the time, those would be dead branches. You know, I kind of liken it to some roses too. Mm-hmm. You know, in the winter, they say to prune your roses back. That is, get the dead stuff mm-hmm. off, mm-hmm. so that you know. And like you said, you leave the main stock. You don't cut it. Main stock off, but you cut off the dead branches so that then when spring comes, it brings back out the new growth, mm-hmm. and and that's kind of what Jesus is saying here. He's saying, "I'm taking the dead branches off because those that don't bear fruit, they're basically they're basically dead." But what he's doing is he's also, in, in a sense, when he says cleansing. He's also saying he's still trying, in a way, to hang on to those branches, to try to get them to produce. Uh, but when it gets to the point where, where they just say, no, you well, know, they're not going to produce, then, if, then he does cut them off. If you look at a garden, I mean, I have a garden that I'm working with right now. I've got one that's dormant, not anything in it. You know, all the tomatoes are gone out of it, and I've just got it. I've got black plastic on it and just sitting there. But mm-hmm. I've got another one that I'm working and, uh, and I'm planting little plants, and I'm trying out some things, what's going to work and what's not going to work. And I had one squash plant came up from a squash that, that dropped a seed, and that squash plant came up, and it absolutely didn't produce anything. There's no other squash around it. It was just, And I just let it go, and it got really big. It got huge, and, and this, today I pulled it up, pulled it out of the ground, threw it off the side because it wasn't producing anything. Yes. Every, every time it would produce a, a little thing that looked like it was going to be a squash, well, it would die because there was nothing to pollinate it because there was no other plants around it. So it would they, they would just shrivel up and die. So it didn't, and I think that's a good analogy here because that's exactly what the Father's going to do. That if we're plugged into the plant, if plugged into the main vine, which is Jesus, and we're the the job here we have is to produce fruit. We're whatever that fruit, and we'll talk about that in a minute. What the fruit is, but our job is to produce fruit. If we're plugged into that branch, that vine, then we are to produce, produce fruit. Of course, what they would look at, say, well, he's talking about grapes. Well, it could be, yeah, it could be talking about any kind of plant uh, that you have a, 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 a stalk comes up, and that's the main stalk. It's the one that's got the roots in the ground, and then and these branches come off. And everything that's not producing fruit, if you pull it off, it makes the other branches more fruitful. It makes them, you know, they get more nourishment. And you, know, you can you can top them off. You can top these plants off, and you can make them really bushy, or you can start pruning them and make them really tall and stake them up. And you can plant. You can have tomatoes. I mean, just hundreds of tomatoes on a plant. Well, maybe not hundreds, but you can have a lot of tomatoes on a plant. A lot more than if you just let it go and let it lay all over the ground, because that's what they'll do. Yes. You know, and because they have so much fruit on them. So well, I think. And he says, "You must remain in the vine." Yeah. You know, to to me, that that concept of remain means. You're holding steadfast Absolutely. to that vine, mm-hmm. and that vine is Jesus. Absolutely, and and that's why he he's saying, in no branch can bear fruit mm-hmm. in and of itself, and that's true. If it's not plugged into the vine, it, it's kind of like you were talking about that squash. That one single squash is over there, not going to work. Not going to work. No, won't going to work. But when it's plugged in to where the power source comes from, mm-hmm. which is the vine, which is Jesus. Mm-hmm. 
then and you remain there, you hold fast there, then you're opening up to bear fruit. It was something that, that you said just a minute ago. A couple of weeks ago I preached, and of course while we're recording this, it was yesterday I, I preached it, but this is going to come out in a, in a week or so. But, uh, you know, I preached about the success of Hezekiah. And I, and I preached that, and one of the things that the formula for the success of Hezekiah was that he held held fast to the Lord. And I think you just you said that a while ago. You said if you hold fast, if it holds fast to the vine, then it'll be successful. Well, that's exactly what it said in in Second Kings eighteen about Hezekiah. Did he said he held fast to the Lord no matter what was going on around him. He held on. And uh, and if this gardener, the father's coming and pruning and cleaning the fruit and making it more fruitful, he said you have to stay there. You know, because he, he's going to talk in a, in a minute. You know, we have a we have a doctrinal stances all around us that talk about if you come to God, you can never never be away from Him. But well, that says you can. Mm-hmm. I have to do what I'm supposed to do. I have to bear fruit. You know, we have to bear fruit, guys. Now, what we'll we'll talk about what that fruit is, but we have to bear fruit. We have to be part of the fruit bearing process. You know, he says the word is the seed, and he plants it in the ground. In Luke chapter 8, the parable of the sower. And he said, you know, some of it falls here, some of it falls there, some of it falls there. But the stuff that falls in good soil, what does it say happens? It produces a crop a hundredfold, way more than it ever was planted in you. So when that seed is planted in us, because that's what he says here. He says, he says, you are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. So he's talking to his disciples and he said, you're already clean. The father has already cleaned you. And your job now is to produce more fruit. And he's cleaned you by the power of the word that I spoke to you. That word that in John chapter 12, we looked at, I think a couple weeks ago, said that word is what's going to judge us in the last day. But it also here, it cleans us and it, and it prunes us because it, it, attacks, it attacks the stuff that we'll allow it to. It attacks the stuff that's not good inside of us. Right. And, and when we, you know, of course, obviously, Jesus was talking about the words that he gave them right there. Directly. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. When we when we get into the, the word and we study, mm-hmm. it helps us to remain steadfast because what we do is we get in and see not only how Jesus lived, but what he said, mm-hmm. what he said to, to his disciples. And, and when we follow it and we remain steadfast there, then then we do produce fruit. I, I, I want to ask you a question. Now, there have ever been a time when when the word has cleaned you, where you've where you've read along and read along, and and I think all of us have. That's not a that's a kind of a leading question, but mm-hmm. you know because all of us have, where we've read and read and read, and we find something and say, man, I'm really not doing that very well. That's this is a problem, man. I really need to, you know, the, maybe the the uh, the idea of forgiveness, learning how to forgive. The learning of, of how to say I'm sorry or to apologize for something, you know, because in a lot of folks, that's not, it's not traits that we do well, especially men don't do that well. Right. And, uh, and the, the word will change that in us. And it'll make us more receptive to those kinds of emotions. He's going to talk about love here in a minute. You have to bind this all together with love. And I, and I think that we need to understand that, that, uh, that the power the word has that God uses it to do is to clean us and to prune us and to change us uh, of, of what what we may have brought with us. You know, when you bring a new Christian and they, they accepted Jesus, they know Jesus, they've, they've been obedient to him, they're being obedient to him, their life is still a train wreck. It really is. 
And if you're the one that has the privilege of studying with them, then you have you you make get to know them. You know what's going on with them, and you know, hey, they may need this text over here. They may need this text over here, and and so you start cha- teaching them those texts, and and the word God is using that to prune them and clean them and get them where they can produce more fruit. You know, because everybody has people in their lives that they need to that they can talk to that maybe we can't talk to. Yeah. I, you know, I can I can remember when I seriously first got into studying the word how how it changed me mm-hmm. uh, one of the things that I had a decision early on uh, when I was growing up I had a hard time being in justifying being involved in athletics and being involved in things okay mm-hmm. at, at the church mm-hmm. I, I I couldn't because of the element of a lot of the guys that I knew that that were in athletics that weren't weren't Christians, mm-hmm. and uh, I literally walked away from playing baseball. Mm-hmm. Where literally I, I had come into my own when I was twelve years old, and the next year uh, I walked away, and I had coaches hounding me to, to mm-hmm. come because I because I was. I was a pitcher. Because you were good at it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I was good at it. And, and, and I remember my parents saying, you know, it's his decision. You know, it's his decision. Mm-hmm. And, and, and to a degree, degree, I do regret walking away from, from the baseball. And I wish I had, had been able to have put the two together. But, but uh, going into my teenage years, I, I couldn't seem to do that. But when we get into the Word... Mm-hmm. You know, there's no reason why we can't be a light and be involved yeah. in, in in some good things in in, in this world, but but it, that wasn't an enlightenment to me. Right. Uh, you know, is getting into the Word and really absolutely reading it and 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 letting it and it started speak. to clean you, it started yeah. to prune you. It started, yeah, it really did. You know, and you made a decision based on what you knew. You know, my youngest son was playing football at Victoria High School when before the two high schools here. And he, uh, uh, he did not, he did not participate in all the stuff, extracurricular stuff that guys were doing, and they hounded him and hounded him and hounded him, and he never broke. He said no. He kept playing, but he didn't. He didn't respond. And I, and I think some have come to him afterwards and said that they tried to change him. They tried to turn him. And and I don't I don't know if that's really true, but but I think that's what he told me. Yeah. And he said, you know, I just I just I wasn't going to compromise what I stood for and what I believed. And one day he's going to have a chance to sit down with somebody that that he knew back then. I hope, and and they're going to remember him from back then and remember how he put that together. He still played football, you know. He played on a team where he wasn't going to get to start, but he was. Uh, they had a they had a very good second string team a second string team that most of those guys could start for anybody in the district, but because they were so good, they, they didn't, he didn't get a chance to do that much, but they were so far ahead. Most of the time he played a lot anyway, but so they respected him on the football field, but they tried to turn him otherwise. But he said, I, I'm not going to compromise yeah. because the word had already co- convicted him. He's still faithful today. He's got three children. He's still, he still, you know, is very committed to the Lord and, you know, a deacon in the Lord's church, you know, and he's, and it's, and I think that it's he's a you guys are a great example of of how the the word cleansed you and and molded you and pruned you, uh, but and so that you could con- continue to produce more fruit. Mm-hmm. 
You know, what if what if you had stayed playing baseball? And I don't know what would have happened. Who knows? I don't but, know either. You but know. What, if, what if you had what if you'd abandoned your faith? Mm-hmm. You know, what if he'd abandoned his faith? Yeah. What if that would have happened? You know, and God knew that, so he said, I need to prune this off, and I need to prune this off, and I, and this is going to enhance, and it's going to grow, and this one can stay here. You know, because only the gardener, only the master gardener, only the, what did you call him? The land actor? Land actor. On, only he knows for sure yeah. what needs to happen with that vine. Yeah. You know? He, well, and, and, uh, and as I got into high school, I, I would literally, you know, you got to remember, I grew up in California, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. one of the most liberal areas the Bay Area, mm-hmm. where all the drugs started, lived through all that, and and I had gotten to where I had taken my Bible to school, which yeah. was, which was kind of un, unheard of, mm-hmm. you know, because and and I remember sitting in some classes, being bored, and opened up my Bible, Bible and start reading, start yeah. reading, yeah, and and uh, not knowing that yeah. God was using the Word well, to yeah. prune you. And and it, it was interesting because one of the guys that was in my senior class had had made a comment. I, I think he put it in my my annual actually. He he respected the fact that that I was you know that studying takes a, that word. takes a great deal of courage yeah. for a young teenager to put himself out there on an island by himself because yeah. that's what you were. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and and I promise you, having grown up in that culture, if I hadn't gotten into the word. I would have been a total different person. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, there was there was too much temptation to get involved in drugs, too much temptation to get involved in sex, uh, you name so it. So the fruit would have been completely different. I, I would have been a completely different person. Yeah, you know because yeah. because of the fact that that I would not have been plugged into the vine yeah. at all. You Absolutely. know, and and because and and part of that was too. My parents were very godly people and moved us in that move my brother and I in that direction but but I could have been a very rebellious teenager sure you know sure. I mean I did some crazy things you know mm-hmm. uh, thankfully I didn't hurt myself or hurt anybody else yeah but but I could have really gone off on on the deep end and, and be a total different person today if it wasn't for getting into God's and, word and you know there, there are people out there now that they're watching and they're saying I am that different person how do I get back? You got to plug into Jesus. You do. You have to plug it. You have to allow yourself to be plugged into the vine. You have to, and you have to allow the the master gardener, the land actor. You have to allow him to prune you, and he prunes and cleans you with this. He prunes and cleans you. You know this tells us that that some of that fruit is the fruits of the spirit. In, in Galatians chapter five, tells us love, joy, peace, hope. You know all those those fruits of the spirit are those that have to be enhanced. They have to grow in us. They have to get better in us. And the only way that'll happen is if the if we let the master gardener, you know. As we've been plugged into the true vine because he says in verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. There's not, there's not, maybe we'll bear, you will bear much fruit. And he said, apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown in the fire and burned. That says, if I if I cease to let this clean me, if I cease to be a part of the vine, if I choose to do that, then that that branch, I can lose my place on the vine. And but, and, and one of the things that's interesting is what they've learned to do with, with, with grapevines, and they even knew it back here, and Jesus talks about later on, is being grafted in. Mm-hmm. You, know, you, you can literally take a vine and graft it in if it's 
if it's plugged in, mm-hmm. or take a branch, excuse me, and it's plugged into the vine, and it remains steadfast there, it can get the sustenance it needs. He talks about that in yes. Romans chapter 11. He does. About grafting, grafting in the Gentiles. In, right. Grafting a new, a new batch in. And, and if you're out there right now thinking, oh, I'm this wretched person, there's no way I can ever, ever be part of the vine. Jesus says, you come to me, and, and I will make you, you know, in, into what you need to be. And, well, and don't ever think, because you're living a life now that you think is unworthy, don't ever think that you can't plug into that vine and turn that around. I, I like verse 7, he said, If you remain in me and my word remains in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Now that's when it comes to, you know, Father, can you please help me to have hope? Can you please help me to love more? You know, when when I ask for those things that are going to enhance the 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 fruit bearing of of my existence, God says, "You ask me, I'll give it to you if you remain in him." But you have to ask for the right things. He's always told us that many times. And then he says in verse 8, "This is my Father's glory. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples." The sign of true discipleship is fruit bearing. That's the sign of true discipleship. You can't be a true disciple if you're not bearing fruit. Now, okay, well, you know, what is that? What what does it look like? Well, it it looks like I'm going to I'm going to allow the, the word to, to change me. I'm going to allow God to use it to clean me. I'm going to start uh, adding those those characters of the Holy Spirit to my life. You know, I want to I want to I want to. Uh, Go there, Galatians, Galatians chapter five, five yeah. yeah, and I want I want to look at them because I believe these are the, are fruits of the of the spirit that that uh, fruits that he's talking about. Uh, let's see. Should be towards the end of the chapter. Right? Yeah. Uh, uh, verse. Yeah, verse twenty-two. Yeah. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh and his passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Well, the Spirit, we know here this is what the fruits of the Spirit are. You know, if, I, if I'm going to plant tomato seeds in the garden, I'm expecting tomato plants to come up. Well, I'm expecting certain kinds of tomatoes to be popping on these vines. Well, if, if I'm going to have the Spirit living in me, when I when I come to God on God's terms, I'm washed clean, you know, by the blood. You know, He gives me the gift of the Holy Spirit when I'm baptized. He gives me the gift of the Holy Spirit, and these are the fruits that are coming with Him. And these fruits, I have to bear bear this fruit in my life. I can turn my back on it. I can decide not to keep in step with Him, or I can choose. You know, what I'm going to do? I'm going to I'm going to let this bear, and then it's going to bear not only this fruit, but it's going to bear fruit in people like Pete. And people like Caitlin and, and different people that that we've that we have studied with, I've got two more that I'm going to be studying with on Friday night. That we are that that uh, that want to know more. They want to understand. I've got four or five people in that study on Friday night that want to know more. Well, that's bearing fruit. And I told the class, I said, guys, I may be the one teaching them, but everybody in this class is involved in this bearing of this fruit in these people's lives because they're looking at you to see what kind of people they're going to have to be. What are they going to supposed to look like? How are they supposed to conduct? How do they conduct themselves in a sinful world when I'm a sinner and I'm and I'm a wretched individual and I come to God? Well, that don't change. It doesn't change overnight. It takes time and it takes bearing of fruit. You know, grapes. You know, I don't know how long does it take a, a vine to start growing grapes. I mean, 
they don't just pop out grapes right away. No, they don't. You know, and, and it, especially a, a grape that they grow for, for the wine itself. There's a different grape for like raisins, and there's a different mm-hmm. grape mm-hmm. that the green grapes that you see that that you eat. That's a different fruit. Yeah. Than what they actually grow to produce mm-hmm. uh, wine with. Yeah. <clears throat> and it can take you know years for for a good wine to, mm-hmm. to come about from from those vines. <clears throat> and uh, you know, of course, California just got hit with a lot of their wineries were, were gone, gone literally now. destroyed, yeah, destroyed. Yeah, this, this summer, you know, from fire, and which is the second time in about two years that that area has has experienced a significant fire. Wow! And uh, I can only imagine, you know, what they're doing, you know, to to try to recover from. From that, you but know, it's going. But it. But what you're saying is going to take years. It's going to take years. And it's years. the same thing with us. We get yeah. plugged into Jesus. Yeah. It's going to take years for us to. It can take. It can take a while for us. Right. I won't say years, but it can take a while for us to start bearing the fruit that God expects from that us to bear. He's pruning us because He has visions of us bearing these fruits. You know, like a like a cluster of grapes. You know, He's 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 looking for us to start bearing fruit. Some of us. You know, we bear fruit really quickly early on. Some of us, it takes a long time to, to. I mean, yeah, I believe that that being an elder of the Lord's church is a, is a fruit bearing occupation. I believe that. I believe that. You know, and you don't you don't become an elder in the Lord's church when you're first converted. It no. takes years to develop the the experience and and all of that, and to to be to be any good at it. And some of us say we're not any good at it now, but you know, <laughs> but. You know, I, yeah. I I believe you know I I believe that that uh, there's there's a lot of fruit bearing that happens and things other things happen because we bear this fruit and this thing happens we bear this fruit and that thing happens and I think the only way that happens we have to stay connected to Jesus we have to stay we have to stay plugged into Him we have to that branch has to stay getting that the what the, that branch does is it's getting its life source out of that vine right it that's does. where it gets its life source. And so, you know, the nourishment comes from being plugged into that main that main stalk, that main vine. Jesus said, "That's who I am. And, I am the true vine." And and when you think about it, the vine itself has to be planted, and the roots have to take. You know, that has to be clean. Yeah. And and when Jesus says, He doesn't just say, "I'm the vine. I'm the true vine." I am. Yeah, I'm the only one. You know, because because he he was. He was plugged in to the Father. He was he, he and the Father. He will say several times, uh, "The Father and I are totally in sync." In fact, he even says one time, "I and the Father are one." Mm-hmm. And and so, for that vine to produce branches, it had to be in that ground, and the roots have to take stock, and and it has to has to be healthy. Well. There was no doubt that Jesus is healthy. Mm-hmm. You look at the example that he lived, and in fact, when he gets towards the end of this this section where he talks about, he says, "The real key to producing the fruit is to love one another." Mm-hmm. He says that. You know, at the end yeah, of he says text. that. Yeah. He says that twice. He mm-hmm. says, that, "My command is this: love one another." And then he says, at the, at, as I've loved you. Mm-hmm. And then he says, at the, at the end of that section, he says, love one another. Yeah. He says, 
that's the key to bearing yeah. fruit. Because because if you love as I loved, bearing fruit becomes very natural. Yeah, it, 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 it's not a thing we have to work at. It's just an outflow of. And we'll of be who bearing we the fruit that the God that God intended for that plant to bear. Okay, uh, when we're plugged into Jesus, all of us as as His disciples are plugged into Jesus. There is a certain kind of fruit we're going to bear. Okay, you know that tomato plant. That that tomato plant can wish all it wants to put out oranges, it's not going to put out oranges. It's, it's designed to grow tomatoes. We are designed to produce fruit in keeping with Jesus and the Father and holiness and love. That's what we're designed to do. Right. And anyone that does not do that, what does Jesus say in Matthew chapter 7? He said, he said many of you are going to come to me on that day and say, Lord, Lord, did we do all this wonderful stuff? And he said, man, you get away from me. I don't know you. I don't know you. That means they weren't plugged in. He said, there are going to be people that think they're doing good stuff. Think, oh, look at all the fruit I'm bearing. Look at all this stuff. I helped all these little old ladies and I did all this great stuff. And, you know, we, we did all kinds of stuff. We collected all kinds of money and we gave to the poor. And he said, man, I don't know you. I don't know you. Because it wasn't the fruit that the Father was intended for them to bear because they weren't plugged into the true vine. You know, well, he tells and, us that. And, and, and when you look back in the Old Testament, and he speaks about David, Yep. He, says, mm -hmm. he talks about David was a man after my own heart. Mm -hmm. And and when you start uh, looking at the other kings that come up after him, they're always put in comparison to either the wicked king, Jeroboam, mm -hmm. or in comparison to David. Mm -hmm. You know, but, but they all keep coming back. Uh, God says, well, <clears throat> David did everything right except he did, except he killed Uriah. You know, yeah. and had and had sex with his wife. Mm -hmm. He said, other than that, David was was always plugged into me. He was always faithful to me, and and that's that's why you go back to verse nine. It says, "I as the Father has loved me, so I've loved you. Now remain in my love. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. if you keep my commandments, you will be remain in my love, just as I've kept my Father's commands and remain in His love." Mm -hmm. And, and, and that word remain means to hold steadfast again. Yeah. You know, it, it, mm -hmm. it means you hold on because we all know that there's things that are going to come up in our life that are going to test us and say, okay, what are you going to do? How are you going to act? Mm -hmm. uh, are you going to remain faithful mm -hmm. and, and plugged in to Jesus and his love? Or are you going to say, oh, no, I got. Yeah, I'm going to react this way, like like the world. One one of the things we are we need to clarify is this is a discourse that Jesus is telling on Passover night, right before he's going to be uh, be arrested, and this is chapter 15, 16, 17. Is and all a discourse, and he's talking to his disciples, and we can learn a great deal from what he's mm -hmm. telling them because he's telling he in other places he tells us the same the same thing, but he's telling them. Hey guys, you're gonna. I, and he tells them here in, in verse 15. He said, "I no longer call you servants, because the servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me; I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last." Okay. Mm -hmm. So he, this is the disciples. He's talking. To, he said, I'm, "I'm not calling you servants anymore. I'm calling you friends." You know, he's calling us. You know, now he calls us. He said, "I've chosen you." Well, we know from Ephesians chapter one, we've been chosen. We've been chosen, not individually. We've been chosen through the gospel. 
We've been chosen, you know, and, and the church has been chosen and we've been appointed. We've been appointed to go out and do good works. But as a, as a church or as individuals, being, being a branch connected to that true vine, we are, are charged just like they are is to go out and bear good fruit. You know, and that and you cannot bear the kind of fruit where we where we make new Christians. You cannot do that if you don't have the fruits that the Spirit puts in you, if you don't have the Father pruning you, if you don't have the true vine, you can't do any of that. He told us, I will run you off. Mm-hmm. That you cannot you're not gonna you're not gonna convince God that you're a disciple if you're not one. If you're not bearing fruit, you're not. There's a text, and I'm just going to read it. It's in Luke chapter 6. He said, No good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart, for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. You know, if my heart is from the Word, if I've been clean and I've got this stuff stored up in my heart, good things are going to come out, People are going to respond, and and that fruit is going to translate from me to them. You know, it's like, you know, I that fruit that I'm going to bear is like a, that that squash, right? At some point, I grew squash, zucchini squash in that area, and and I and we got we got so much zucchini zucchini squash that we were giving it away. Well, one of those those squash rotted in the ground, and that that plant grew up out of that. And it didn't survive because it didn't it it wasn't connected to the to the whole system, like we have to be here. I know that's a little bit different than what it's talking about, but it, we will not survive if we don't aren't connected in, and we won't produce the fruit that we're supposed to fruit. Now it produced a beautiful plant. The plant was pretty. I mean, it was huge. I mean, it was almost as big as this tabletop. You know, the whole plant. There wasn't a one zucchini squash that made it on that plant. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, and I'm saying, you know, we may look good, go to church saying, oh, I love Jesus, man. Everything's great. But we won't be bearing the kind of fruit that God intended for us because we won't allow him to clean us with the word. We won't allow him to prune us and shape us so that we are bearing the kind of fruit we're supposed to bear. Mm-hmm. He has an intention for us as individuals, and he has an intention for this church. I believe part of this, this is good is bearing is going to bear fruit, right. what we're doing here. And... Another point I want to go back to the love uh-huh. issue there, and mm-hmm. Paul talks about he's he's gone through a lot of talking about different gifts and mm-hmm. stuff like that, mm-hmm. and he ends he ends chapter twelve by saying, "Now I eagerly desire the greater gifts." And what does he he do? He goes into chapter thirteen and he talks about, you know, I can I can speak in tongues, I can do anything, yeah. but if I don't have love. You're talking and about First Corinthians, 13. 1 Corinthians thirteen, mm-hmm. yeah. and then he ends it by by saying, you know, there's faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. Yeah, because, and and Jesus said over and over to his disciples, by this you'll know people will know you're my disciples by the love you have for one another. Yeah, and yeah. and that's why love is is so critical in getting yeah, to the bearing true, fruit yeah. because the kind of love that Jesus talked about isn't a isn't a you know feely no type of love it it it's it's not a goosebump type of love it's a decision that i'm going to do what's best for mm-hmm. you and you're going to do what's best for me mm-hmm. even if mm-hmm. even if i don't deserve it or you don't you don't deserve I, it i didn't i didn't look up that word i don't know if you did if what what that what the definition of that 
Is it agape love? Is it that, is agape love. Okay, well, I, I, because I studied this last night, the last, you know, Friday night in my small group, and and it said, and I wrote the definition out is the unselfish love of full loyalty to God and boundless goodwill to our fellow man. That's what that word means. Yeah, a boundless, a boundless goodwill to our fellow man, and a and an unshakable or full loyalty to God. That's what that word means. And most of the time, when Jesus used that term love, he used that term. Agape. He didn't. He yep. didn't. He didn't use a, 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 goosebump feeling no, type deal. No. You know. Because there's four or five yeah. different, right. different words that there's, translate love. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and this one here is that agape where right. where that I mean, you know, everything works the way this chapter is supposed to work. The way this this the I am statement here is if we we connect it all together with love. That's one of the fruits of the spirit. We have to have love. We have to love each other. And and if we do. Then we will, we will allow God to cleanse us. We will bear fruit, and the and the the people will be blessed and benefited because of that. And it's it's not only brought together; it's actually the the power source that gives us the ability to bear fruit. Mm-hmm. Because if I look at you from a worldly standpoint, and you do something to hurt me, mm-hmm. I'm going to seek. Ways that I can hurt you back. That's exactly right. But but if if I look at you in this kind of love here that Jesus is talking about, and you you remain in that kind of love, uh, you know I'm going to react like Stephen when he was st- being stoned. Mm-hmm. You know, Stephen said, "Forgive them for for they don't know what they're doing." And and We're, not not that he sat there and enjoyed the stoning and, and being killed, mm-hmm. but it, it's it's the idea of of. I'm doing something that that's going to benefit you and not not react you know the, in a worldly way. You know, James, we're human beings, and we make mistakes. We do, and and we're going to hurt people. We're we're not going to intend to do it. We're not going to do it intentionally, but we hurt people. And and uh, when we love each other, that person that we hurt says, "I forgive you," and the person that does the hurting says. Please forgive me, and that's what we do. That's what that's how people are going to know we're disciples by the love we have one for another. You know, when some when when you have an issue with someone, you know, you say, "Man, I am I I I I'm I forgive you, I forgive you." Or if you don't have a chance to tell them, say, "God, please help me to find a way to forgive to be forgiving," because that's what love does. That's the only way we're going to bear fruit because that will that animosity that, that venom will cause you not to bear fruit. There are a lot of things that can cause a plant not to be productive. You know, there's you know potatoes have one thing, tomatoes have another thing. There's all kinds of little pesticides and stuff, you know, diseases and stuff that get in and can and can cause that plant not to bear fruit. They can. There's things that can get in and cause this branch, this branch, that branch, not to, not bear, to bear fruit. fruit. Now, ain't the vine? It no. ain't the vine. The vine's true. The vine's right. It's real. It's it's healthy. It's but the branch can get infected, and and it can infect all the fruit that it produces, where there is no fruit or the fruit's bad. So, yeah. guys, if you yeah. if you've been if you've been in a place and you're in a really tough spot, you know. Or maybe your life is just a train wreck. You know, you have to you have to give Jesus the opportunity to fix your life. And you know, I said in my sermon that I can't fix broken. 
Neither can you. No. But I can take you to the one that can fix broken. And, and man, I tell you what, he, he has fixed two broken individuals. You know, we were broken and he fixed us. And we're bearing fruit. And we're bearing fruit not because we're any good, but because the, the master gardener is unbelievable in how he cleans and prunes and, and, and gets us where we're capable of doing the things that he knew all along we could do and just waiting for us to do that. So yeah. it's amazing. And, I, and I, I've really enjoyed this study. I've learned a lot. Uh, I'm looking forward to the next one. I'm, you know, it won't be like this because it'll be in my classroom. It won't have this same decor, but, uh, but uh, you know, it, it'll be a, it'll be less stressful to do because I'll just be a class I'm teaching and there'll be students in the class. So I think it's going to be interesting. It's something we're going to try guys. We'll see how it works. Uh, we'll try it for a while and see what happens, but uh, pretty, pretty sure we're going to still be doing the book of Hebrews. I don't know how I'm going to do that yet because it's been so long. We may start over. I don't know what we're going to do yet. So, but we'll have a class ready for the, for the 8th of November and uh, for the next couple of weeks, there, there won't be a class on Sunday morning. We'll still have worship, still have a live stream and everything, but there just won't be a class before yeah. it. So. And, and, and just keep in mind, God will lift you up. Absolutely. He, Absolutely. He, he doesn't leave you where you're at. If you come to him and you humble yourself and you lay yourself at his feet, he, he will lift you up. He will lift you he up. He will and, lift you up. And, and he, will, he will take you out of this this mire that you think you're or that you know that you're living in and 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 he he and, will do something good and we would love to help right. we would love to help man get a hold of us call us call the secretary on the phone number that you see at the bottom of the screen call her tell her hey i was listening i want to talk to one of those guys we'd love to talk to you uh, you know either one of us we'll, we'll call you back we'll talk to you uh we'll sit down with you and we'll and we'll study and show you from the book how you can get your life get the train wreck Back, how do you get the train back on the track? Okay, right. let's pray. Almighty God, thank you so much for uh, for the opportunity we've had to study this study. We're thankful, Father, that that we're moving on. Uh, James is going to take a break for a while. He's got some things that he has he's got to do personally, and and uh, but uh, but we're ready to keep going. We're going to keep uh, doing things that are that are going to hopefully are going to benefit those that that are out there listening and watching. And and I pray, Father, that you'll find those folks that really need to hear what we have to say. And put them in touch with us, Father. We we ask that you do that. Uh, thank you again for loving us. Thank you for the for the gift of your Son, who gives us the opportunity to be right with you. And it's in His name that we pray. Amen. Amen.